Good evening, everyone. Welcome back once again to the ME7 podcast. Gillingham win again and continue the perfect start to the 23-24 campaign. That's three games in all competitions and three victories. Firstly, uh, Edgley Park over Stockbourne County, followed up by an impressive 3-1 win on Tuesday night in the Carabao Cup over Southampton. Now back to the formalities of League Two football and our first home home game of the campaign, I should say, today against Accrington Stanley, ending in a 1-0 victory for the Jules. Ashley Nadderson dealing the decisive blow midway through the first half to give Neil Harris's men the perfect start on opening soil to the campaign. Now, a lot to get through in this game today. Maybe not one for the neutral per se, but all we care about is getting those three points on the board. And I'm going to be joined tonight by Matt Olsen and Tom Jasper to discuss everything that went on today as Jules picked up another invaluable three points early on in the season, of course. But you start as you mean to go on. And if that's anything to go by, then we are in for a very nice campaign. I'm sure Neil Harris won't appreciate me saying that and not dampening my expectations. But uh, Tom, we haven't had you on the show for... For a little while, um, give us firstly your thoughts on the start of the season as a whole, albeit only three games in, and then obviously the uh, the performance and the result today. Maybe not the best performance we'll ever see from a Gillingham side today, but we got the job done and we got the three points against a physical and resolute Accrington side. Yeah, Aaron, um, just to let you know, if my daughter does get up, I might have to drop for a little while, so I'll let you know. But no, as, um, as far as the actual performance goes today... Um, I think I think it was quite you know it's quite um, easy to get carried away a little bit and and think you know obviously with the start that we've had we would have walked over Atkinson but we've got to remember they they came down last season they're they're rebuilding you know for this league and they did um, provide a bit of a test not necessarily going forward they they weren't overly dangerous but I think they were they were hard to break down they were quite good in midfield and. You know, we we did struggle, as Harris has said in his interview. We did struggle in the first sort of twenty minutes or so to get out of the blocks. Maybe a little bit of nervousness, um, kind of, at the start. But once we did start to play our game, you know, there was only he's right. There was only one team that was really kind of in it. You know, in a, in an attacking sense. But um, I think all in all, you know, you've got to be be happy to. Keep a clean sheet. The defence did look good, apart from a sort of couple of you know minor fumbles. But uh, what impressed me today was the the uh, the confidence that we had going forward. Yeah, we didn't put any other chances away. But in all honesty, we we our build up play was you know at times really really good. And if we carry on playing in that kind of way, then the goals will come. The the difference between us this year and last year was that we weren't scoring, but also the the creativity was pretty much non-existent so the fact that we are creating so many chances and you know getting in good positions is just the final the final finish in the end so yeah I think overall we got to be, be happy with that um, you know against other teams we might come unstuck if we don't put our chances away but there's still time for us to improve on that and get the strikers working together and you know I think that with the options that we've got in the squad now to mix it up a little bit we've got you know we've got a lot of players that, that can create things for us and naturally it's going to end in more goals. Yeah, certainly is a is a waiting game, isn't it, Matt, in terms of waiting for everything to fully click. And the fact that it hasn't fully clicked per se at this moment in time, we're still winning games and looking comfortable doing it is a very good sign. But I think Tom's right when he says about, um, you know, Atkinson were a difficult side to face. They didn't create much going forward or, or really anything at all. But like we were saying yesterday, Matt, regarding um, what we can expect from Atkinson and, you know, how they're going to set up and things like that, it was... 
pretty much what we thought it would be, wouldn't it? Very physical back line and very physical all over the pitch, really thinking about it, and a very strong team and ones that weren't going to be easily pushed over. And to be honest, I think in the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought we didn't start particularly well. I think we were quite slow. And if anything, actually ends up playing into Rackington's hands a little bit by forcing the ball through the middle up in the air. And it was pretty much meat and drink for their centre-halves. They were both giants and we allowed them to get you know, sort of settled in the game first 10 minutes or so when it was a bit bitty. But I think once we got through that little period where even during that period, Ackerton didn't really create anything. There was a ball across that Sean McConville got on the end of and it was a really good pullback through his head. But unfortunately for him, there was no Ackerton player there to nod it home. And maybe that's where we go back to what Tom said there against better teams. Maybe they'll have a centre-forward who's a bit more alert and will be in that position to make the difference. But thankfully, we didn't today uh, for Ackerton's sake. But... Yeah, I think after we got through that little period, Matt, we we were fairly comfortable for the rest of the game. Just give us your thoughts on the first 10 or so minutes before the goal went in and how you felt we perhaps didn't start as strongly as we might have expected us to. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, after the uh, the excitement of Tuesday night, I I kind of expected a game with a sort of a you know quite quite a big crowd in in the house. I, I expected the team to sort of really get going straight away, but actually, Atkinson came at us and. You know, yeah, they, they are they are a big, strong, physical team. They they were getting stuck in. Yeah, definitely a lot of shirt grabbing and, and pulling them and what have you. But um, um, yeah, they, they they really did. They came at us, and ultimately, it doesn't matter whether it's you know in in minute one, whether it's in minute ninety, when teams kind of come at you, you're gonna have to stand strong. And I I thought defensively, we we were brilliant today. I thought um. Um, OG at the back was was immense. I thought Aimer didn't put a foot wrong. Um, Malone, I mean, he's a cheat code for this division. So how we've got him, I, I don't don't understand. Um, at McKenzie as well, I thought he he was really good today. Um, yeah, and and obviously Jake, you know, I think there was only one incident. I think it was sort of been around the fifteen minute mark where they hit the top of the bar. Um, from ahead of at the back post but you know we stood strong and we saw it out and ultimately teams that go on and, and win games are teams that can stand up to to you know players that are going to put them under pressure like that and and not can see goals yeah Tom my, my frustration in the first 10-15 minutes or so wasn't so much that Accrington were held a bit of territory in our half I think pretty generally apart from that chance I mentioned with um, it being headed across goal by um, McConville. I don't think we really look like being in any immediate danger. I think they were playing a lot of hoof balls to the massive target man, as you'd expect. So you mentioned earlier, Tom was probably still sitting on the pitch as we speak. Um, but they didn't really like creating a, a clear-cut chance or anything like that during that period. It was more the frustration I had with seeming that we were playing into their hands, per se. I think we were sometimes aimlessly just hoofing it forward towards Nadders and towards Nichols and they were eating it up, really, that Quinton centre-halves. And it was a bit frustrating to see, especially considering how well we played with the ball on the floor uh, on Tuesday night. And, you know, when we get onto the goal, I'm going to look really stupid because that's where the goal exactly came from. But, um, yeah, what were your, your thoughts up to that point with Quinton arguably shading it without really creating anything and us sort of struggling in a sense? Because Neil spoke about um, the potential of teams coming back here and playing defensively and making sure that we can't cut them through uh, with balls on the ground and things like that. And I think we saw an example of that, and it's going to be other teams who do it as well, who have big, strong physical units, and it's up to us to try and break them down. 
Yeah, I think, and you know, obviously we're still very early on in, into the season, but if you look at the buzz around the place, you know, teams like Atkinson or, you know, to fair, most teams in the league will come to us thinking, all right, Jills are, you know, in decent form and they're probably looking at, you know, why being one of the promotional favourites. So let's go and either park the bus and frustrate them and let them try and break us down. And then we'll see if we can nick something later. Like, the thing is, with the lineup today, like we we all said as, as fans, like it's you know crazy how the how the the squad depth and the options have changed in the last sort of few months from what we had, you know, at the start of last season. But we we played a very narrow sort of diamond, which you know I know that Neil was very used to, um, and it, it didn't leave an awful lot of space. So a lot of our you know kind of ball on the floor was was being cut out because the game wasn't stretched. Um, it's you know when the game isn't isn't stretched, it's quite cagey, and you know when it was only sort of the first fifteen twenty minutes, or so it's hard to kind of find find the right space. Now, the the benefit I think that we had today was Nadison up top gave us a bit of an outlet with the pace, you know that, that he has, and a couple of times he did get in behind the front, sorry, behind the the, the sort of centre halves. But um, I just think that was the only issue at the start of the game. Is 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 you know, irrelevant now because we've actually gone on to win it and play much better in the second half. But I think at the start of it, it was quite, quite sort of tight um, in that kind of midfield area. Um, they put a lot of challenges in. We did the same, and I think Neil did say that he picked the likes of Williams and Dieng today to sort of you know face up to the physical challenge that Alkinson would have would have posed to us. And you know, I think in the second half, once we kind of got our grip on the game, we made it a lot easier for ourselves. I just think that. That first twenty minutes or so was, you know, quite. Um, it was quite hard to sort of keep the ball down and find the space. But um, I'm glad that we we that we were able to move on from that and and play our own game more in the second half. Yeah, certainly the windy conditions didn't really appear to help with that either. It was sort of a uh, ball was aimed towards the right hand side from goal kicks from Turner that were just going round left or whatever. But it's you know a case of we had to ride out that. Um, bit of frustration with Atkinson and how they were setting up and wait for the right moment and Matt as, as I was just saying about how I wasn't particularly fooled by how we were playing in the first 20 minutes of all the long ball uh, Law <laughs> would have it uh, a boot from uh, Jake Turner goes all the way through to the uh, opposite end of the pitch we were saying at half time to each other it looked as though the Atkinson defender and Toby Savin in the Atkinson net sort of had a disagreement between them or so that they didn't seem to know who was going to the ball first. Was the defender going to clear it or should the keeper come out and pick it up? And in the end, they sort of didn't need... I think I'd put more blame looking back on it on the keeper because I think by the time the ball goes through from Nichols to um, to Nadders, I think the keeper was very, very hesitant and he allowed um, Ash just that little extra second, extra half second to nip in ahead of him and poke it past him. So it's a good build-up from us, although be it, be, be it very direct, you could tell that... Nichols and um, they said Hawkins, their force of habit. Uh, Nichols and Nadison had played together before because of that link up. I think we saw that a lot throughout the game as well. But yeah, maybe a defensive error on uh, on that Quinton's part, but still good build up and a, and a good finish from Ashley. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was definitely a, a striker's finish, and um, I, I think part of yeah, like, like we said at half time, that that hesitation from that goalkeeper just gave uh, Nadison that 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 extra half second that he needed just to be able to get a toe on it, flick it past the goalkeeper, and find the back of the net. But yeah, I, the, the the connection between Nichols and, and Nadison that entire game, I, I thought was brilliant. Um, you could say they played together; it, it worked. Um, 
got to say th- th- thank you, uh, Corey, for for, uh, for for selling them to us because you know I think we've got a, a, a quite a good strike partnership there. Plus, we've got obviously Bond to bring in. We've got Hawkins when he's back fit. Um, the amount of versatility we, we, we're going to have up the top end of the pitch is is unbelievable and. I, I, look, I've said it once. I say a hundred times. I think this is this is our season. Um, I, I, th- I think with the strike lineup, I think the goals will come. It, it, yes, it's taken a bit of time today. We I don't know how many shots we had uh, uh, in total. I think it was. I think I did see it was only like three shots on target uh, in in the end. I think maybe it was seventeen shots. I believe. Um, but. Uh, that, that that will come. There are goals in this team that will come, and I guarantee you. I'll, I'll say it now that there's going to be a game this season, whether it's at Priestfield or, or, or wherever. We are going to absolutely give a team a good hiding, um, and you know that that's going to come. That that's the power that we have up at the top end of the pitch, and obviously Bonner uh, is sort of you know the extra uh, icing on the cake we've got another sort of goal scorer who I believe this season could do a real good trick with us I think he did well when he came on today um, but yeah the, the the connection between Nadison and, and Nichols at the top end of the pitch today was evident to be seen and and I'm so glad we've got them at the moment yeah Tom it goes back to a lot of people you know throughout the summer when we were going through the saga with with Alfie May and things like that people very insistent that we needed a 20-goal-a-season striker. We need someone who's reliable to hit the back of the net. And I remember when Ash came in, people perhaps looked at him and didn't think he was that calibre or that profile of striker and immediately weren't very pleased with, with the sign. I would admit, I don't know if he was listening earlier, but even if he is, I will say that I don't mind admitting that I, I was a bit sceptical at the time just because of where I'm playing for Crawley. He wasn't someone that was a renowned name in League 2 or anything like that. But it does go to show that even if you sign a striker who's not going to get 20 goals a season, which, by the way, I'm not saying Ashley won't. I think he's shown good signs so far that he's definitely going to score goals for us. There is a lot more to a striker's game than just goals. It's the link-up play. It's the ability to get in behind and help other people create chances and score the goals yourself. And I think what we've seen from Ash, not just today, but also in the Southampton game and when he came on against Stockport, is there's a player with a lot of potential in the forward line and someone that, who can do a lot of other jobs other than just score as well. And he's going to be an asset to the team, whether or not he's hitting 20 goals by the end of the season. Yeah, and I think it's cliche, and you know, I've I've known of a lot of players down the years, even stretching back to like Paul Shaw's back when I first started going that, oh, you know, they're a striker or they're an attacking player and they don't score enough goals. But you kind of, people get drawn in by stats, don't they? You know, whenever someone signs to the club, they they look at their stats, you know, rightly or wrongly, and they make their assumptions based on their, their goal record, their assists, what they've done at certain clubs. But realistically, you know, we've every time that we sign a striker and someone bemoans their goal record, people talk about the likes of the Reeves and your Olivers who came to who came to the Gills without, you know, barely scoring single figures in a season, you know, and, and then it kind of they 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 hit a a purple patch as you call it and, and something something clicks, you know, and I, I just think if you look at the likes of Nadison and Nichols, who aren't your out-and-out 20-goal-season goal scorers, if you look at who they've got to supply them, you know, I think, it sounds silly, but I think from fullback was our most dangerous outlet today. And if you've got, we've got four attacking fullbacks in, you know, Malone, Clark on one, one side and Alexander and Goldmachine McKenzie on the, on the other side. It's like, we've got 
options there. We've got Williams behind Lapsley. We've got Jeffries. We've got so many different options. People will get goals in that team if they're in the right positions. People, you know, twenty goal season strikers don't do it all themselves. So you know, I, I think. It depends on the situation and the squad, but if you look at Orient last season, if you look at, um, not Carlisle, who, who else went up? I think it was the start was um, the top three. Uh, none of them scored over 64 goals, I think it was. And the only player yeah. from any of the three teams to hit over, I think it's 12 goals, was Sam Hoskins of Northampton. Yeah, I'm thinking Stevenage, sorry. Stevenage it was that, again, again, you know, they shared their goals out for a few different players like Jordan Roberts and Danny Reid. They, they scored maybe double figures, but that that, that weren't it, you know. And I, I just think that it's easy to go to... If there's players that, that, that you don't know, apart from if you look on Wikipedia or you search their stats and you go, oh, it's a bit underwhelming, you're, you've got no option but to go with what you know. But I, do, I don't... I, I doubt that Nelson was our first choice, but he's a very able backup, and and who knows with a, you know, with, with the understanding that him and Nichols have got, I reckon there's a good chance that they could both get a, a good number of goals between them, it, and that negates the need to have a twenty twenty five goal goal season striker. But as you say, there's so many different parts to the game. You know, Nelson's pace is, is quite clear. He runs the channels. He'll battle. Him and Nichols will be a good partnership if they can both both stay fit. And as you said, like it kind of makes a make, makes the, the chasing for your Alfie Mays and your, and your depots of this world kind of seem a little bit, you know, irrelevant if they can both step up. Yeah, I think that's a good point on, on Ashley, isn't it, Max? We were talking about strikers yesterday and how we've got four good additions now who all offer different things. And Ashley's certainly one that has the you know capabilities to not just be um you know a bystander or if you like or a second choice or a substitute but he's someone that he made a good impact starting um against Southampton got his goal and he's great again today in starting berth as well so I think it's very likely that he'll be starting again on Tuesday night come Sutton so I think you know as much as we've got four good strikers on the books obviously we've got six technically but two of them are injured so and Bon isn't somewhat up to speed just yet so there's still opportunities for him to come in at some point but I think we've we've actually he's showing good signs so far that he might surprise a few people what did you make of his overall performance not just the goal but everything else included as well yeah I I, I really liked him today um I've kept a really close eye on him in the second half as well because I just wanted to sort of kind of watch his movement and sort of see how fast he actually was and I mean he's lightning he's quick uh, there was a ball that he 95% of other strikers would, would never get to that he managed to beat down in the right hand corner I remember beat uh, the defender to and I thought his all-round play was excellent. Um, the link-up play, as I said, especially with, with Nichols, was their sort of sixth sense. Like you know, they they just sort of seemed to know where each other were. Uh, were uh, Nichols was always looking for for Ashley and 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 vice versa. Um, I, I think as a pairing going forward for the time being, yes, I can see it working. But obviously, once as you said, Bond gets kind of up to speed. Um, I can imagine him coming in and replacing one of those two. Um, uh, and and I think Harris will potentially mix it up throughout the rest of the season going forward. Um, I don't think we're going to necessarily just settle on a, a, a set front two unless one of them goes on a 
an immense scoring streak and can't, you know, unless it can't be dropped. Um, I, I've just got a feeling, he, uh, you know, Harris will mix it up a lot this year. And, you know, obviously once Hawkins comes back, obviously whenever that is, um, you know, they, they say that's the different options off the bench. But yeah, Ashley today, I thought he was was brilliant, um, deserved his goal. Um, and yeah, definitely starting him on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we'll get on to a preview, a small preview for Tuesday night in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, Tom, let's move on to uh, the second half now. And it really was for the vast, vast majority of, to the point where I can't actually remember Accrington having a even a half a chance, really. There was a free kick they had that was whisked wide of the post. But other than that, I don't think they offered anything whatsoever. It looked as though they came here for a point initially then look to keep it 1-0 for as long as they could. And then maybe last five or ten minutes, they'd try and push and nick something. But that second half really was pretty much all duels for the, from start to finish, wasn't it? And it's you know it's not something that's interesting now because we won the game anyway. But in hindsight, you would look to that game and probably said, you know, on another day, we probably score three or four here, don't we? We did miss some good opportunities. Maybe not, a bit roof, maybe not as ruthless as we could have been. But it's as dominant a second half performance from Jules that you'll see since... Um, well, it's Tuesday, really. Yeah, and I, I don't want to keep harking on one of that last season. You know, that's that's dead and gone. But but we we stood in that in that rain and and looked on as you know we just knew that we huffed and puffed and we'd never get close to blind damn door. And obviously, you know, to have that one goal cushion, it, it doesn't win you many games in this league. You need to have a second goal in there just to kind of see it through and. Obviously, there was always that kind of that fear factor of, you know, Aquiton could, could just get, you know, a lucky bounce or, you know, a pot shot from distance and it, it could be evened up. But what what is really pleasing to sort of see is that we, we did, you know, continually try and break it down. We came close. We just, sometimes it was just the wrong ball or, you know, maybe not, not shooting, you know, maybe sort of taking the wrong option. It, it, it's going to come with time, you know. There's still some new players in the in that team, um, they're still, you know, working out kind of you know, how to ad- adjust to a couple of new sort of st- st- uh, 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 sort of attack- attack- attacking options. So, you know, it's not going to be something that just clicks straight away. And, and in time, you know, it's it's going to be, be be easier. But I think, as as Matt said, we are going to find at some point we are going to take one team apart because we've got the potential, you know, with the attacking options that we've got to do that. But it's pleasing to know that we made those chances. You know, Matt was right. We had like 17 attempts on goal, according to the stats. Um, it's just making sure that they are, that we're, that we're working to keep them more and we're actually, you know, taking those chances. But I'm, I'm confident that that will come, you know, from from not being able to make any chances, chances at all to making the chances, but just, then just not putting them away. It's it's development, it's, it's progress and... You know, eventually we will come to to a point where I'm sure we're putting more teams away earlier, um, because our football, you know, some of the stuff that we played going forwards um, was was immense. It was just that final ball, and you know, the confidence is there. It's just turning that confidence into goals now, but we're not far away. No, mate, we're certainly not too far off, and um, you know, we'll see in time. You know, I think Tommy's right. We will at some point face the side of Prucefield or, or even away from home and completely blow them away. I think we're going to have the capabilities to, to do that this season. It was, you know, Southampton on Tuesday night. That second half, we could have scored five or six really, but we'll take the three and we'll take getting through to the next round. But yeah, today was just, 
just missing a little bit in the final third, final action. But thankfully, we got the, the result anyway. Um, probably the standout chance would have been when uh, Max Seymour did really well to pull the ball back to Ashley Addison, whose shot was blocked. And then he fought for the life. George Lapsley was just going to slam it into the back of the net from the rebound. But unfortunately, put it over the uh, over the bar. Um, but yeah, Matt, in terms of defensively in that second half, I think it was pretty straightforward really wasn't it there was a little bit of huff and puff in the last two to three minutes but even then nowhere to the point where you felt like we were ever in immediate danger it looked as though if if we were going to concede at that point it would have been down to ourselves making a mistake or something like that rather than uh, Quinton Carver just opening and creating opportunity it was pretty pretty simple in the last 45 minutes or so defensively wasn't it well, yeah, it, it was. I mean, to be honest, I, I said to my uh, to my friend sat next to me. I, I, you know, I thought the only way that they were going to score was um, there was a couple of times where they the ball just sort of seemed to loop uh, up in the air and sort of the wind just caught it. And I thought, you know, worst case scenario, that's that's going to happen. It's going to just loop over Jake Turner or something. But obviously, yeah, it never did. They didn't really uh, come at us uh, that much. I think it was all us going forward. We were, I say, absolutely immense in that second half and. Um, I said, for, I, I, I was one of the people that said, you know, all summer, I want that 20 goal a season striker. But with the business that we have done, I'm really happy. So I say going forward, I think defensively we're, we're fine going forward. I said, maybe add one more, maybe on the, like a, a winger or, or, or something for going forward. But defensively, we, you know, we're, we're absolutely sound and, I feel quite sorry for Conor Masterson at the moment because I, I can't see where I would put him in that team. And and last season, he was by far one of our best players. But at, at this moment, I don't know where he's going into that team. And I, I, I could have said the same about Shay Alexander this morning when, when he was on the bench. How could you drop Shay? I thought he, he had done so well. Um, yeah, Max Clark didn't even make the bench. I don't know if that was an injury or or, or what, but you know he didn't even make the bench. I thought he was again superb on on um, uh, Tuesday night. D- defensively, I I'll, I'll be honest. I did have a quick nose because uh, Stuart Lewis, not that one, uh, mentioned the other day about uh, having a bet for the win run. I did have a look to see how many uh, games we could go potentially without conceding because we're solid at the back and. I think once we've got the measure of a forward line, I think honestly we're we're just going to be able to keep them out pretty much for ninety minutes. Yeah, I think we do certainly have that potential now with the defence as strong as it is. We're now the only team in League Two who haven't conceded the goal yet so far. There's only six overall, I think, for the whole of VFL that have uh, have achieved that so far. So hopefully we can be the last remaining out of those six and keep those clean sheets coming there. Uh, coming in, um, someone who played a great part in that clean sheet today and also offered us a lot going forward. Tom was uh, probably the signing of the window from our point of view so far, and that was, of course, Scott Malone, another brilliant performance following on from a great um, great game at uh, Stockport last week. He was very composed again today, very skillful, clearly a class above uh, everyone else on the pitch with respect to everyone involved. He's just a championship-level player in my eyes, and I think you could see that. Um, yeah, it's obviously a massive um, massive cop, uh, coop to have Scott in this team, and you know we're seeing the fruits of his labour, if you like, and how talented he is and how much of an asset he can be at League Two. Just for you, how much of a an insult is it to the rest of League Two to have Scott Malone on our team sheet? Well, I, I think without being disrespectful too much to any of our 
existing squad members. I, I just think it's almost like, you know, like in a charity game when a, like an ex-player, you know, joins in and he's, you know, against a, a with a bunch of like dads and, you know, kids and that, and he's just miles better than anybody else. But he he, he plays with like a, a, a calmness that when you're playing at left back, you don't always have, you know, like, you know, we, we obviously are, we're used to having, well, we had Ryan Law and Dave Tonder as our left backs for most of last season, and they were, you know, both of them quite erratic at times. Scott just brings a wealth of experience. I, I said before, I don't know how he came came to us. Obviously, you know, Harris and and him know each other from before, and and he's obviously sold sold him the journey that we're hoping to go on, and you know, he wants to to, to be a part of it. He's still, I think, I think only thirty two. He's not as if he's, you know, coming towards the end of his career, but. For us to to take him from you know thirty odd games in the championship last season, clearly that shows we must be doing something right and and the journey that Brad and and, and Shannon are, are taking us on. But yeah, in terms of his performance today, I just think uh, it's he just plays with such a, a you know an experienced head. But going forward, I think you know it's 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 all when good having a left back who's defensive, but. Based on the systems that we can play, we can either play a four at the back with two attacking full backs, or we can play a three-five-two with wing backs. And he's he's equally as, as good as good as any, you know, in any of those two two setups. But going forward, he created a lot of you know opportunities. Um, he he's got a really good eye for a for a sort of a cross and a ball in. It's just again being on the same wavelength as him. But that will come, you know. We will. Ex- our strikers will know that when Scott Malone's got the ball on the, on, on the left hand side, make himself available because he'll he'll probably probably find you. And for the players running in from midfield, they're in the same boat. So yeah, it's great to have him there. You know, he he might not play every game. Him and Clark might share that role between them because you've got two really good left backs who are vying for one spot effectively. Um, so you never know. But with the flexibility in the squad, it'll be it'll be really good to see him. You know, give us. The, the the undoubted skill and, and the expertise that, that he's got and and you know it, it's going to be I look forward to just just seeing more of him he's already made himself a really good fans fans favourite inside the first few games of the season you know let's see what, what else he can do for us certainly is a uh, fans favourite so far is Scott Malone he's made an instant impact that very promising in every game he's played so far and like you said Matt earlier with uh, Max Carr being out of the squad it's you know. Unfortunately for him, of course, I thought he was good on Tuesday night, but it is going to take some doing unless we change formation to get them both uh, happy and, you know, in the team. I think Scott is now down at left-back position at this moment in time and the way he's playing, it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. So unless there's a change in formation, there's another way of getting Max Clark in. I think it's going to be quite difficult for him to, to get in at this moment in time, which says a lot considering the quality of player he is. Much similar, of course, to this situation with Conor Masterson, who at this moment in time, as we've not conceded the goal, isn't going to get in straight away. So, you know, there's a lot of more headache problems for, for Neil Harris, but good ones to have because of the quality we have in each position. And, um, you know, you're a big fan of Scott. What did you think of his performance today? Cheat code. That I mean, he is. He's a cheat code for League Two. It's It's... It's kind. I feel it's kind of unfair. I mean, I I think we all saw those little step overs he did in the the corner, the little waggly foot he, he did. That I mean, he was he was he was unbelievable today. Um, how you know say how we've got him because he should be in the championship is is brilliant. 
Um, just to have that kind of player around this squad can only make the squad better. Um, you know that he he's going to bring that wealth of experience. I mean, not, it's not just him. There's obviously Johnny Williams. He's the same. They're, they're all going to bring this wealth of experience for these younger kids coming through, and that's just going to actually boost the whole team squad up. Uh, you know, look, we've we've had two games. He's solid at the back. Um, in both games he's played. I I think today, arguably, he was probably you know man of the match performance. Um, and look, as long as we can keep him healthy, as long as we can keep him fit, I, I, honestly, I think any game that he plays uh, our left back, you know, position, it, it's it's basically his to lose. It is, and uh, yeah, Scott continuing to be a massive favourite um, to another fan favourite, and today's run of the match has uh, decided by our poll. Um, it was very, very close. If uh, either of you want to take a guess at the difference between first and second in terms of percent. Two percent, Tom. Three. I'll go one. One percent difference between uh, the man and match rates. So the four we put out was uh, Dom Jeffries, who received six percent, seventeen percent for Ashley Naderson, Scott Malone with thirty-eight percent, and with thirty-nine percent. And the fans uh, man of the match from the Every Seven podcast by the single percent, as we say, is Shadrach Ogie. Um, yeah, not not a massive surprise. I, I think. Shad is, is one of those signings we're going to look back on in a few months and think, wow, what a signing he's been. Because, as we mentioned, um, no one really knew too much about him when we brought him in, but he's turned into be a, a hell of an asset so far for us in these first three games. He's played 90 minutes in uh, all three games. I think the only other players to do that, uh, Max and... Uh, might just be Max, actually. I think Mackenzie, um, obviously, has now played 90-2, but not in the other one. And Shea wasn't involved today, so one off from the start anyway, so not to make 90 minutes there. But... Yeah, Shad is, is a colossal, he's a man-mountain, he's quick, he's physical. He was up against a, a big test and we said this yesterday, didn't we, Matt, about how it would be interesting to see how he goes up against that. I think Andrews, his name was a big physical test, his, his most uh, tough one in terms of size difference uh, so far this season. But I think he dealt with him very, very well. Um, it wasn't really um, putting too much pressure. There was a couple of times in the uh, injury time period where I thought he maybe could have shelled it out quicker than he did. But other than that, I think it was another expert performance from, from Shad and another reason to suggest that he's going to be a really good asset for us this year. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's kind of hard to at the moment to say to, to Shad, you know, obviously Connor's coming back in or to, even to say to Max, you know, Max is coming out and Connor's coming in because he's been brilliant um i a couple of times um in, in the first half where he's received the ball and he's had players coming on to him he's calmly been able to pass it away and you know it's calm head it's an old head on sort of almost young shoulders in terms of his play at the back he he was winning every head of the, you know that came his way um it's a really good find honestly by kenny and 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 hess and, and neil and and brad to get him in because um you know, I, I, I generally thought, and I think most fans would have thought, first game of the season, you know, had all all been well, uh, Connor and Max probably would have started at centre-back um, and, and Chad might have been, uh, you know, on the bench or, or, or maybe not even in the squad. Uh, but he started that first game. He was excellent. He was excellent on, on um, 
uh, Thursday, uh, so Tuesday night. And uh, again, he was absolutely excellent today. And uh, he's definitely one for the future. And I just hope we can keep him for, uh, you know, for this season to, to get us promoted. And, and, and hopefully, uh, you never know, get us promoted next season out of uh, League One into the Championship. Yeah, Leighton Orient looked like they could have done with him today, Tom, after a 4-0 home defeat to uh, to Portsmouth. But um, unfortunately, that's not something they can uh, bring back into the team now. And we'll take him, thank you very much. Um, yeah, what have you made of, of Shad so far this season? He's come for a lot of plaudits and, and rightly so. looks to be one of the most astute pieces of business we've done on early evidence. And from what we've seen, there's, there's no sign that he's going to slow down. He looks... A very determined young centre-half and I think the biggest compliment you can give to him, Tom, considering the, the performances of last season is that he's managing to keep uh, Conor Marston out of the team, which when he was signed up permanently and the first time of the summer, you look at Conor and think first name on the team sheet, the fact that he's not been able to get in yet due to the form of Shred and Max is very complimentary towards them too, isn't it? Can you imagine a back three of, of, of all three of, of them together? You know, no one's getting past that, are they? Um, I think the thing with Ogie is that we kind of, we knew that Neil was looking for a left-sided centre-half and, you know, we hadn't really kind of, you know, how, how Twitter's rife with all of these rumours, you know, throughout the summer, but no one had really kind of talked about who that might be. I know that Sean Raggett was kind of, you know, randomly waving our faces at, 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 at one point, but Ogie kind of turned up, didn't he, on on that night and then kind of signed that, that same night. So he's gone very much under the radar and clearly, you know, Jacket knows knows him well from his Orient days and, and you know, obviously Hess would have had him. I think Hess had him at Dover, I don't quite remember. Um, but we have to trust in the fact that they have an inside and insider sort of awareness of these players and, and they will know whether or not they're a good fit for the team and if if Orient weren't going to keep him, if he wasn't going to play consistently in League One, I mean he didn't really play consistently in League Two last season. So it's a really good find for us, and he's he's twenty one, he's local, he's he's got bags of potential. What I I noticed because it's, it's actually the first time that I've seen him today. It, what I noticed from him is that he kind of played at his own pace. Uh, sometimes you might think that's a little bit of a, a bit worrying because he might be a little bit too casual, but he was bullying their strikers out of the way. He was strong, he was composed, and for someone of that age to be looking to be that kind of, you know, assured in defence in a League 2 match, it's it's really kind of, you know, it's really positive for us to know that we've got him and he's, he's, he's out, he's not a loan deal and he's not trying to play for a contract, he's, he's, he's our player and he can only improve and, you know, alongside Max, we've always said about, about Max Aimer that he's played alongside some really good defenders, your, your Egan's, your Tuckers, your Mastersons, but he could help Oki become even better, I think, than he already is. And even you know, having Malone to to the other side too, he's got some really good influences around him, and he's only going to improve. But yeah, what I've seen so far, he's got the real potential to be a top class centre half. Yeah, most certainly does. Uh, the pairing of Shad, uh, Shad and Max never, uh, I say never conceded the goal in this division. Just hope it stays that way. But as of now, uh, no no goals conceded in League Two uh, following the wins against Stockport and Accrington by a goal to nil. In each game, obviously, we uh, don't take much of a break and uh, the fixture list, um, it comes thick and fast and we uh, have another game coming up uh, this Tuesday night and then um, it's on to Cawley on Saturday. So, two very local fixtures upcoming next week. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans attending both. I think we have sold out 
our away allocation of, I think, near enough 1,400 for Crawley on Saturday. And, of course, we will be there on Tuesday night to watch Jules take on uh, Sutton United. Uh, Matt, uh, is it Sutton United or Sutton Town? I think it's Sutton United. Um, but, yeah, Sutton, uh, four points from the first two games. Uh, but, oh, no, three they lost today, didn't they, I think. Um, started the season, Matt, with a very good 5-1, I think, 5-2 maybe victory over Notts County, one of the favourites for promotion this year. And today they narrowly lost out 2-1 at Barrow, having had Harry Smith sent off um, the former Leighton Orient man in the first half. And, yeah, it's going to be a, a game where, and obviously last season we went there, we lost an injury time. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for us to, to get another positive result without being disrespectful to Sutton. I think they are a team that's punched above their weight the last couple of years, and I think they do pose a threat, a much more significant threat, for example, than Accrington did today. I think it will be difficult going to Sutton and trying to pick up three points, but I do think it's something we we have the potential to do. I think we, you know, even in our terrible season last year, we went there and nearly got a point out of them, and obviously we beat them at home as well. So I think in Mickey Gray, they've got a manager who's very set in his ways and has a lot of loyalty towards the club, quite similar to, to John Coleman at Accrington. But yeah, Matt, what are your, what are your thoughts ahead of Sutton? Do you see it as a, a game where it's a good opportunity of three points and who, if what changes, would you look at making? So, obviously, uh, fr- fresh after today's sort of, you know, win, I, I would quite happily go with the same starting eleven uh, against Sutton because I, I definitely feel it's a, a game we should be able to go at. And even though it's away from home, go at them and and we should be going there confident that we can get a result. And I think we can go there and get all three points. <laughs> um, I think... Um, yeah, I, th- I think you know, go go with the same starting eleven if all being well, if everyone's fit. Um, g- have a have a right go at them in that first half. Try and get a nice early goal, and you know, as I said, I think we're going to give a team a, a right turnover. You never know; it could be Sutton United. Yeah, we'd all certainly uh, enjoy that, Tom. I think we are in the mindset that it is going to be a very difficult game at Sutton. I think they're they're very well compacted and well set out team. I think, as I said, them and Barrow, they've done really well over the last couple of years. Sutton were on the um, precipice of the um, playoffs a lot of the time last season and sort of tailed away into mid-table obscurity towards the back end of last year. But they do have um, a very uh, very odd amount of players, really, in terms of experience and youth and players you would know from you know past careers, etc., if you like. And the likes of Craig Eastman seems like a name that's been around for years and years. I remember Harry Butterman being talked about during his time at Peterborough as being the next big thing. didn't quite work out. And then, uh, obviously, Tom, as, uh, as is Jules, we've got the hoodoo of facing one of, if not both, of Scott Kasket and uh, Aidan O'Brien. So if um, if Sutton do get a goal, you've got no doubts as to where that's going to come from. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I had Sutton down as, as maybe this is the season that they do struggle a little bit more. They they haven't got a huge budget. They do rely on a lot of players that have kind of sort of come from non-league. And, you know, maybe with the with the improving you know squads in this league, they, they might struggle. But the the first game would suggest that they're not just here to make up numbers or here to sort of you know, just keep, keep their heads above water. But, yeah, you know... Trust it to be the day that Scott Kashkett has the game game of his life. You know, we know what he's like. He won't stop running and he won't stop hassling our defenders. But you'd like, like to think that if if you know if Harry Smith is is out of the match due to the suspension, then they will need to go a different way in terms of the way 
that they play. You know, Smith would be a really kind of, you know, um, tough um, opponent in terms of his height and his, his strength. But with if, if Kashka is up there, then they'll need to play, play a completely different system. But in terms of the way that, that we set up, you know, I think it will be very similar to what sort of Matt said, like, he he'll he'll know uh, Harris Ward will know that they're a sort of a, quite a strong team in terms of the way that they play. They've got a very sort of solid midfield. I think Craig Eastman and Craig Clay, who they signed from Orient in the summer, um, will be very compact in there. So I think the, the likes of Dieng, um Williams will sort of both play. Maybe Coleman, Mark Coleman might come in because it's you know the whole Saturday and Tuesday thing with Sean Williams. But I I, I think we have got and. Some of the one of the reasons why Harris has got such a you know a good squad now is so that we can be flexible in teams that teams that we've you know face and the and the teams that we put out that put out to try and match their abilities. You know, we he sort of said that he put Dieng and Williams in back in today to kind of counteract the, the physical side of the midfield, and I think he might do the same on on Tuesday. Um, but we have got the personnel in there to to kind of mix things up a little bit. Um, yeah, some are a little bit unpredictable. You know, they they've as you said, they kind of had overachieving seasons. If you look at their, you know, their financial situation and where where they've come from, but with confidence being quite high right now, there's no reason why we couldn't go there and nick three points. Um, we just have to be, you know, kind of able to to counteract their their physical side of things. But you've got to think that on the day. This this dual side could outplay them. So if we can can match them physically, there's no reason why we can't better them when we keep the ball on the floor as well. Yeah, I think I think that's it really. I think we do have better squads and sort both on paper and in practice. And you know, I think it is going to be a, a good opportunity for us to get three points. Obviously, if we get a win, um, say we win our next two away games, Matt at Crawley and Sutton, or vice versa. We'd have matched the same amount of away wins in the league as we managed last season, which would be a good sign of achievement, although it was uh, admittedly a low bar from last year as well. But getting that away form back up to where we want it to be, obviously we've made a great start on that with the win at Stockport. But if you want to be in a team that's aiming for promotions, getting in top threes, that away form is just as paramount as home form, isn't it? And it's good that we got that monkey off our back initially at Stockport, but it's important that we also carry on the momentum we took from that as well and make sure that the results on the roads often, um, you know, mirror the ones that we can get a pre-sword. And if you do that, then you're in a very strong position, aren't you? Absolutely. And and, and no team that you go to is going to be a walkover. They're, they're, they're all there to put up a fight at the end of the day. And um, look, I, I, as much as I, you know, always joke around with you guys and say, you know, Jules are going to beat Man United 7-0, um, I, I obviously I am a realist, and at the start of the season, as as I said in the podcast the other night, you know you, you're still feeling each other out, and Sutton have done. Uh, it looks like they've done well the last couple of uh, games. I said even today uh, they, I think I had a quick look on on online, and uh, they got a player sent off in like thirteenth minute, and then they scored in the thirty eighth. So even though they were down to ten men, they still went out and, and put on a good fight. Okay, I know they eventually lost 2-1, but, you know, they scored with 10 men. That's a threat at the end of the day. And so we've got to go there and we've, we've still got to neutralise these threats. And if we neutralise these threats, then I do believe we will come out at the end of the day as victors in both these next two games. 
yeah, I think there's, there's obviously a good opportunity for us, as we were saying, to get that away form back up and running. Uh, two favourable fixtures on paper, although Claudia started a lot better than anyone would have expected them to. Um, I'm sure Joe Comp will be very happy about that. Um, Tom, let's just uh, last player focus. We'll go on today before we uh, begin to wrap it up. Um, McCauley Bond obviously made his debut today. He played a few minutes. I don't think there's much we can really read into it. I think if you're, you know, I did, I did hear some choice words for some people near me today. He weren't particularly happy that he didn't win a header after being on the pitch for about 30 seconds. But regardless of that, um, I think he's someone that obviously gives us another option and will prove to be a, a good hit at Bruce Hill. But Neil Harris was keen to point out in his uh, post-match interview that he's around six weeks or so behind everyone else in terms of not having the luxury of playing pre-season games we all know fitness in terms of you know makeup games that you can have on the training pitch and things like that just general training is one way of getting fit but match fitness is a whole different thing and for you um firstly what do you expect him to offer us and are you happy with the signing and do you think it'll be a case of for the first few games anyway him being used more predominantly as he was today with like cameos here and there 20 10 minutes and 20 building him up before we actually see him in the starting 11. Yeah, I think we've got to be careful because obviously we we don't know. I mean, he's had all summer off. You know, he's he's come to us from what Harris said. He's come to us proactively to us to sort of train in the in the hope that there might be a contract there. And obviously, we we have to be realistic with him. We have to start him with the ten minute cameos, the fifteen and a half hours. But you also know that you can't always come on and change a game in that time frame. There's not enough time to come in and be like. Every time that I come on with 15 minutes to go, I'm going to do something. I'm going to score a goal. I'm going to assist this. I'm going to do that. It's it's unrealistic of us to go right because he's he's just going to hit, hit hit the ground running straight away. He's going to be a little bit behind, as Harris has said. But when he gets there, we got to remember with him that he had a bit of a an up and down season last season. But the year before that, he scored 12 goals in League One, like in a very good Ipswich team, and he was the focal point for that team. There's he's there's a good player in there. It's almost like he's he's had a little bit of a setback maybe with his child on loan last season, but he's he's should be really good at this level. And as I said before, with the players that we've got around him, he's gonna score goals. It's probably the fitness thing more so than anything that we need to to be very, very careful with. And I think in a way that is a luxury of having options up top because he hasn't got to play every game because we're short on strikers. He can, we can bring him in in his own time, and he can get minutes in, you know, the 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 pizza trophy. He can get minutes in the in the league. He can he can work his way up to fitness while not having to be the one that we could, that we rely on to score our goals for us. Um, I think that's going to be key, sort of like you know Aidan O'Brien when he, when he came to us last season. He was he wasn't overly fit, but he wasn't our our main striker. Um, yeah, with someone of his record, you know, smashing the goals in in the national leagues, scoring goals in in League One, League Two, he's not really kind of played at for quite a while. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I don't know whether he's a more physical striker or whether he's quick. I don't know an awful lot. He's, he's quite an all rounder from what I've seen um, on various sort of clips, but we won't know much about him with with you know cameos like today. But give him a good half or so we'll know more about what he can do and then we'll be able to make a proper prediction on, on what his season's gonna gonna be like for us. Yeah certainly an exciting addition. Um hopefully we'll see in time whether he can live up to the uh massive billing that Virgil's fans given him. But as you say Tom it will be 
a case of seeing in time as his fitness progresses what he can offer and how well he'll do for us. But um, yeah, gents, before I hand over to Matt to do a little bit of promo for his breakfast show tomorrow, um, Tom will go with you first and then Matt, you can let me know your thoughts and then give everyone a description and do your promo and tell people to send stuff in for your show tomorrow. But Tom, firstly, uh, what is your dreaded score prediction for this Tuesday's visit to Sutton United? Call me what you like. I think we will draw one apiece. You are negative, Tom. I can't believe this. Start believing it because I'm I'm never right about these things, am I? Like you know. So yeah. if I go lower, we'll aim higher. I think we're going to continue our hot streak of goal scoring form, and we're going to win one nil. I think defensively, I don't see us conceding goals at the minute. Um, Sutton may pose a big threat. You never know. Uh, but Harry Smith, big physical target man, not being involved is only going to be a positive for us. And I think we're all great enough to, to create a chance and, and take it and win the game 1-0. But Matt, um, to round us off, what's your um, score prediction? And also let everyone know what's going to be uh, what's going to be coming tomorrow morning on the YouTube channel. Yeah, OK. So to, uh, my score prediction for uh, the Sutton game, I, I, I kind of believe, like you, I think we're going to go on a scoring streak yes, and, and uh, we're going to, I actually think we're going to win 2-0. I think we're going to keep a clean sheet as well. Um, I think I saw the record was, uh, uh, I think it was six or so, no, sorry, I think it might have been seven by Chelsea uh, in, in the Premier League. So, but I, I think, yeah, I think we're not going to concede and I, I think we're going to go there and win 2-0. Uh, yeah, the breakfast show. So t- uh, tomorrow morning, um, there'll be a new episode of the breakfast show coming out. Uh, the first one obviously was last week. This will be episode two, guys. If you've got any questions you want to send in, if you've got any uh, comments you want uh, read out, please just ping them over to the uh, ME7 or just post them onto the ME7 page, or even just comment on here, uh, and I'll read them out tomorrow morning. And then hopefully it will be out for about ten o'clock. So uh, look forward to uh, to getting that out for you guys. Yep, stay tuned, of course, for that. Um, the review podcast for Sutton will probably be, or we're going to aim to get out Tuesday night. It might be around, well, well, I don't know, actually. It depends when we get back, obviously, and all the additional time that's being added on now and things like that. But if not Tuesday night, it will be out Wednesday evening. But, um, yeah, lots to look forward to. We're only a two-day break. We're back with more more drills, so that's good. We don't have a long break. Um but yeah, um, nice to reflect on yet another victory for, for the Jules today. 1-0 victory, Ashley Addison strike. The difference as Jules make it six points from six and a nice cup win to boot as well. And uh, yeah, we didn't talk about it last night in the preview piece actually, but if, um, as everyone will already know now, uh, we drew Luton in the Carabao Cup, so that's that bit of news dealt with. Not overly exciting. I think when you see in a, in a cup draw, you've drawn the Premier League side, it's like you threw on goal and then you see it's Luton and you've hit the crossbar and it's gone out for a throw-in, but you know, all due respect to them, it's not the most exciting, but we will be there regardless. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with you very, very soon. Um, Matt, obviously, as he says, be back tomorrow at 10am on our YouTube channel for an ME7 breakfast show, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, until then, we'll speak to you on Tuesday night when we get going to Sutton United, hopefully talk about another three points. And until then, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you very much, mate. You're welcome, mate. I thought, I thought I was going to be aired then. I thought I didn't want to be here in the first place. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, we'll speak to you very soon. Up the jewels and good night.